Welcome to the Tandem Talk Show, where we help women dial in their nutrition and fitness so that they can lose fat, tone up, and transform their lives. And now your host from Tandem Nutrition, Coach G. All right. Oh, I'm so thrilled about this um, conversation today. Garrett Surd right here on the screen is one of my favorite people actually in the whole world. Um, we were lucky, lucky to connect through a mutual friend a few years ago. And ever since then, we've stayed connected. And I reach out to Garrett because we have, we serve the same beautiful people, right? Women who want to thrive in their health, their fitness, their life and optimize fat loss. So I reached out to Garrett recently. We did talk a lot about what's the best information we want to share. Definitely women's fat loss, but also a little bit about menopause. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Garrett Surd is a registered dietitian. This guy is expert. He knows his stuff. He is the founder of Tandem Nutrition, which is a global online women's fat loss company. So when it comes to all things women's fat loss, this guy is expert. I have used Garrett's expertise. I have worked with his coaches several times over the past few years. I always learn. I always hit a new level that I didn't think I could do. And so when I wanted to dive in deeper to this topic, you were the one I wanted to dive in with. So let's just get into it, Garrett. I mean, I'd say if you want to share a little bit about tandem nutrition, great, go for that. And then just dive into Anything you think is going to be beneficial for our mutual groups that we serve? Yeah, well, well, oh dear, thank you so much for allowing me to be on this uh, this interview with you. It's it's truly an honor, and yes, I've uh, I truly value our friendship, especially these past few years. And yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love what you're doing, and I love seeing the impact you're making with your community. And and uh, and yeah, you know, when it comes to um, kind of what we do or what we kind of specialize in when it comes to women's fat loss, what we've learned throughout the past 10 years is the, is the importance of taking a habit-based lifestyle approach to losing body fat. And I think a lot of people, a lot of women focus on the first part of the phase eight dieting journey. And I'll kind of get more into that, but there's our diet culture likes to saturate our mind with how to lose weight. Right. And like, there's like a thousand methods, right. On how to lose weight. And they, they all work, right. They all work. But what what I've realized throughout my my research, my experience, Dareth, is that you know it's very very important to look past the diet and understand how to maintain your body weight, right? Because anyone can lose body weight, but the hard thing to do is to learn how to reincrease your metabolism after your diet in order to make it a healthy lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've I've realized is that. Dieting in general just decreases our metabolism. And the number one reason why a lot of women fail to keep weight off is because at the end of their diet, most people really don't know what to do. Like, for example, one thing I've learned is, you know, once we take a, a client throughout a fat loss phase and we decrease calories, we know that when calories are the lowest, the metabolism is the slowest. Mm, and yes. that's that, that took me forever like once <laughs> i've kind of like saw that i'm like okay there has to be a diet after the diet mm. and that's that's why so many women and men regain weight after 
they diet. And so there's two things that usually happen once someone loses 15, 20, 30 pounds, right? Okay. They either go back to how they were eating, right? right, And they get regained weight, or right. they, this is even more common. I've done this myself, you know, okay. eight, 10 years ago is I've, uh, I, I like to, I tried to, you know, maintain my results by maintaining my, my lower calorie level. Like for right. example, let's say I went from 1800 to 1200, lost 20 pounds. Well, I'm going to try to stay at that 1200 calorie mark. But my energy is low. My I'm maybe ir- irritable. I'm not happy. I'm hungry. Right. That can maybe last like two months, maybe, maybe right. two months. But right. then you start to develop these like you start snacking a little bit more, maybe overeat. That changes the binging. And next thing you know, three months are in and, you know, you're up 15 pounds again. And this has been a big problem because I believe that America does not have a weight loss problem. We have a weight maintenance problem. Ah, yes, that's huge. Um, and, and what I love about this is habit-based approach, habit-based approach. This is something we talk about in the fierce life every single day, that the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your habits and habits aren't temporary. Habits are something that you learn, you integrate into your daily life so that you can maintain them. Now, like you just mentioned, That doesn't mean you're maintaining the same caloric deficit or caloric amount, but your approach to the plan, to the consistency of those habits is what you're talking about, which is why we jive so well. Um, I love that. I love that. And, And can you just share a little bit more about why women or anybody who diets, why their metabolism, like you said, when the calories are lowest, metabolism is the slowest. Can you just share a little bit about why that happens? Absolutely. The number one reason, there's a few reasons. The number one okay. reason is that as, as we lose body weight and body fat, there's a decrease in our thyroid hormone. Okay. So T3 is the active form of thyroid. And that is like, you can picture that as like the, the master metabolism maker in every cell of the body. Right. And so naturally, like, because here's, what's interesting. Like, I love the human body. It's so fascinating. When we, when we put ourselves into a calorie deficit, right. Our bodies they don't really know that we're trying to lose weight for cosmetic reasons. They think that we're trying to, they think that they, they, our bodies think that there's a, there's a a scarcity of food and a threat to our survival. So what it does is says, Hey, it looks like there's not a lot of food around. So I'm going to decrease the number of calories I expend. It does that through decreasing sex hormones, testosterone, changing of estrogen, et cetera, thyroid as well, but also there's increase in cortisol. And so there's a, there is a myriad of changes in hormones, especially too, when you lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds, naturally you burn fewer calories at rest because you're moving a body that is lighter. And when you, when you're eating fewer calories, say you go from eating 1800 to 1200, the therm- the thermic effect of food, which is basically the amount of energy that your body expends through digestion is naturally lower. So it's, so it's very, very common and natural, right. To have a, a decrease in, in metabolism. Okay, great. And so you, like you said, to put you back on where you were going, you said there needs to be a diet after the diet. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, great. And then for, so from there, that's, that's how you're coaching the maintenance like, how do I maintain this loss that I just achieved moving forward? Yeah, so we use a, a macro counting approach from or, or a calorie counting approach from, from the top, from the start to the end. But the thing that's important is to is to gradually increase your calories after your diet. 
And so it, we use, we, we're a very, very data-driven company. And so when we make increases in calories, we look at like, well, how many calories uh, is this person eating and, and how big is their deficit, deficit to get them back up to their new maintenance? Because your maintenance level changes once you start dieting because your body weight changes. And so uh, the key difference is, and there, there's different words for this post-dieting phase, like you may hear reverse dieting or we, we call we call ours the metabolic reset phase. And I, I get it. It's It sounds woo-woo. I know, right? But- <laughs> I actually love it. I love it. I think metabolism, people like that word and people like a reset word. You know, it's interesting because, Dareth, you know, when four years ago, we we had fat loss phase into maintenance. And I learned that going from fat loss phase to maintenance would increase calories by maybe maybe 75 to 100 to get them up to maintenance. But there's one thing I learned is that it was very interesting to see once we got them up to maintenance that their body weight actually decreased because of dropping cortisol levels. So when you're dieting down, when you're training, there's an increase in stress. Right. And whenever you give your body more calories, especially through carbohydrates, there's a there's a decrease in cortisol. And as you know, when there's when there's a decrease in cortisol, your body releases water. And so I'm like, hey, what if we took advantage of that? And what if we slowly increase calories even more? And so that's when the the metabolic reset phase, that's how that kind of like came to be. And from that, now we have clients. I was I just got off a client call earlier. This client she lost 15 pounds and her end calorie goal was 1200 through her metabolic reset phase. And now she's in intuitive eating. We, we were able to get to get her to eating over 2,100 calories and she did not gain any body weight, which is incredible. And so that's the power of this phase because that's the only way I'm convinced Derek, that the only way to keep off the weight you've lost is to do the diet after the diet to make sure you re-increase your metabolism. Gosh. And that's, it's so counterintuitive, right? For people to think I'm going to eat more. And after I've dieted and reached this goal, and now you want me to go up by almost a thousand calories and I'm not going to gain weight, but that's because the, the makeup of the body has changed. Yes, absolutely. So you're re-increasing thyroid. You're gaining more muscle mass because right. you're you're getting more energy into the gym, and 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 this process took between ten and twelve weeks. So we didn't go from like right. day one, day two, increasing calories to over a thousand. And and what's interesting too is as you eat more carbohydrates and, and calories, you have more energy, so you you burn more. Yes. And so yes. that's another key thing too. It's not like hey, we're yes. gonna increase your calories by a thousand, your metabolism is gonna increase. You're actually moving more. Your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, your neat, you're like you're fidgeting and walking, that increases substantially as well. This is huge. Okay. I love this because I have a large number of clients that are afraid of carbohydrates, even to this day. And, and, you know, obviously there's the trends have changed. I mean, we know that that has been a trend for a long time. Keto is, is also trend and, and, and in people's minds on how to lose weight. And so anytime I tell them, look, if you want to come in here and lift some serious weight and put some muscle on your body yes. and get fit and get healthy, you have to eat carbs. You 100%. have to, can you please, as the registered dietitian and as the expert, will you please share why we need carbohydrates? Because I, do, I think there's a, an, an education void on how yes. important these are, not just for health, but for weight loss. So will you please share some expertise on that, please? 
time because this is the biggest struggle that many women face when it comes to losing weight. And I always start out by saying this, our brain itself uses 120 grams of carbohydrates or glucose every single day to function, 120 grams, right? And so as you can imagine, if you're eating 120 or 100, 100 grams, and if your brain is barely getting that fuel, guess where it has to get that fuel from? your muscles, right? There's some amino acids that are called gluconeogenic, which it's a fancy word that means they can change into glucose to give your body what it needs to function. And so that's the biggest thing is it's just knowing that your body thrives, your brain thrives of a glucose. But secondly, I had mentioned T3 or thyroid before. Carbohydrates are essential for the conversion of T4, the inactive form of thyroid, to the active form of T3. So without okay. insulin present there, you're having a big impact on your metabolic rate. And, and thirdly, too, and not to mention the performance benefits, right? That's huge, right? That's right. one thing I know you preach to your, your clients. But also, too, we know that there's a a fat loss hormone called leptin. Leptin is stored in the body fat, and its main goal is to tell your brain that you're full after eating. Okay. And, and leptin is really unique because it goes down when we, for two reasons, when we lose body fat or when it senses a decrease in glucose, uh, a, yeah, a decrease in carbohydrate intake. And that's really important because whenever we have a drop in leptin, we don't feel full. We don't feel as full after eating and our mm -hmm. immune system drops plus. So there's three things with leptin. Number one, it doesn't make you feel as full after eating. There's a change in your immune system. Like when I used to work with contest prep people 10, 12 years ago, and it's very common for them to get kind of, kind of like not feel very well towards the end of their prep because their immune system is shot. It's shot because leptin levels are so low and right. also chronic, chronically low levels of leptin can lead to amenorrhea. Right. And that's why so many women who are very low body fat levels, they don't have their cycles. And so one of the first things we do increase carbs by like 15, 20 grams. And over time, that allows that cycle to regain itself again. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I think I think there's a fear that carbohydrates are gonna make me fat. I hear that all the time. Even after workout, there was a big conversation. This was a while back. This was probably pre-summer where a question came up while we were lifting in a lifting only class. It was just weights. What should I eat after I work out coach? And so it started this conversation and I said, carbohydrates and protein. They're like carbs too. I'm like, yes, you need to refuel yes. muscles. Absolutely. Um, so, and we don't have to get into the specifics of before and after a workout, but I love that you emphasize a balanced approach to eating. You know, you talked about macros, you talked about, you said macro, you talked about caloric intake as well. Can you just go through the process of two things? One, can you share for someone who just wants to get a, 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 an educated guess on what their intake should be around to optimize fat loss, number one. And then number two, can you just go into how you and your team determine that for the people that you work with? Yeah, so the most basic way to get a pretty rough estimate of your work needs for fat loss is if you take your, your body weight, if you multiply it by nine to 11, um, again, if you're not very active at all, maybe towards nine or 10, I would kind of veer away from nine, maybe more towards 10, even up to 11. And that could give you a rough starting point of like how many calories that you may need. It's not perfect. And the cool okay. thing is, the, the interesting thing is, is that, 
the metabolism always changes and it's important to start somewhere, right? There's a thousand, there's literally a thousand calculators on the internet that if you put your height, your height in, your weight in, how active, how active you are, you'll get like so many different numbers, pick one. And then it's very important to track your mm. progress, track your weight, track and look at your weekly average of your weight and, and don't let the scale going up the next day impact how you feel at your progress because yeah. it's very common and it's expected to have, I tell all our clients this, it's expected <laughs> to see weight fluctuations every single day. There's like at least eight things that will affect your weight. And so that that's a pretty general guide uh, on kind of where to kind of start. But with our clients, we use the it's equation called the Mifflin St. Jor equation. We start with that. And then we have our own, we call it our female fat loss formula that we use to kind of uh, customize macros. And it's it, it favors carbohydrates. It's not like high in carbs, but it gives it gives women the carbohydrates they need to feel their best, to sleep amazing, to have lower cortisol and to lose body fat. And a lot of them are surprised. Yeah. And, and people, you know, it's funny too. One thing that's changed in my, in my coaching was when I first started coaching Dareth is that I put all women on like one gram of protein per pound of body weight, right? Like all women need this. Then I learned, I'm like, well, science says that anywhere between 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound is, is, is great for women who are, are weight training. And then just through experience, I've learned that a lot of people have a hard time or would have a hard time eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Yes. And and that caused two things. I noticed that it caused frustration because they yes. felt like they weren't doing well. And it also caused irregular bowel patterns because high protein can lead to constipation. And yes. what happens when that occurs? Weight goes up. So we're like, hey, like protein, let's put like 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 grams per pound. And let's focus on healthy habits and be consistent with yes. what we can do over time. Yes, I love that. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to, there's so many things I want to dive into. Yes. Yes. To all of it. Whenever I worked with, so I've worked with two different coaches with tandem nutrition and both times I was so happy. I remember the very first time I got my, my macros back, I was so excited because I kept thinking like, I'm going to have to like really be strict here. And I did track and I was intentional with what I was eating, but I got to eat so many carbs. <laughs> I was so happy. And it allows you to work out at a level that forces your body to adapt in the way that you want it to by increasing lean mass and dropping body fat. And to me, that was, um, that was like a yay, a gift, but it also not just from like a satisfaction standpoint and mentally, but it allows your body to do the things that you want it to. And then to, pro to your point about protein, this comes up all the time. I coach, how do I get more protein? I don't get enough protein. I can't eat any more meat. Like what, what else can I do for protein? So I love that that number is a little bit lower than kind of, I guess, like a, an industry standard, let's say that a lot of people just, yeah, one, one gram per pound of body weight, which is pretty high. I mean, if I have a client that weighs 200 pounds, 200 grams of protein, I mean, we're talking chicken breast like eight times a day. Like that's just not going to happen. So what, when it comes to protein, because this is a, a topic that comes up a lot in conversation with clients, how do you recommend that we space out our protein throughout the day to ensure that we get that number by the end, uh, by the final meal? Yeah. 
That's a great question. And, and what, what science tells us is that protein is, um, it's very important to focus on protein timing. So the body is always in this flux of losing or gaining specifically like muscle tissue. Right. And so we have, it's important to provide it with a steady stream of amino acids, you know, from protein throughout the day. And so what we know is it takes a typical meal between three to four, maybe five hours to digest fully. And so what I tell our clients is take your total, total protein goal, divide that by the number of mils. So so it's say, say it's like four or five mils and, and try to evenly space it out throughout the day. And, you know, another big bonus is trying to have at least 20 to 25 grams of protein in each meal and snack, which is something that's going to like, kind of like not heard of, I guess, but like the body has to have a certain amount of protein to exert its benefits at the highest level. So you can like gain muscle mass and get a, the highest protein pulse towards protecting muscle mass and losing body fat. Brilliant. I love that. I love that. Do you find that because you do it, you are a women's fat loss expert, like that's the primary service you offer. Do you find that over the course of that 10 to 12 weeks that you typically like move a client through these phases that they um, gain confidence in not all, of course their body, but just like knowing what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, like that it becomes so much easier after just a, a few weeks of trying this. Yeah. You know, one thing I love about your coaching, well, there's many things I love about your coaching, Gareth, but the one thing that stands out the most is like the mindset piece, right? Uh, like empowering people's minds through yes. education, through putting like positive belief in them. And I've learned that throughout this process, when we start with the mind first, and when we uh, pour confidence into our clients and build rapport and that trust is there, that, that, and in through consistent education, right? That's a big part yes. of like where the fad diets don't provide, right? Consistent education based upon real life habits and that will give you real life results that stay. And so once someone's into this habit formation program and they're under, they have a relationship with their coach and they're changing their mindset and they're seeing the results from having more carbohydrates that it's a trans transformative process that just take, takes place over time. So yeah, I love that. That's one thing I love about like your, our conversations and your coaching is that you focus on habits and mindset yeah. and all these other things that are very important and healthy for sustainable fat loss. Yeah. And that, I think that's the key is that it's sustainable because when, when habits are involved, it starts to separate the emphasis on just checking the boxes. I think that's common for a lot of people. Okay. I got to hit, you know, I've got to do these certain things to have some fat loss, weight loss, et cetera. And it's almost outside of the body. You know, I I'm, I'm separate from these numbers. I'm separate from these workouts. I'm separate from this because this is what I'm supposed to do versus a habit-based approach, which is based on me, which is based on my lifestyle, which is based on where my mindset is on day one and where my mindset is on day 120, which is going to be very, very different. Yes. And when you integrate your habits into who you are, and now you identify as the person who is this, not just something you do, that's what allows maintenance. That's what allows long-term adherence to a protocol or a program because it's no longer separate from me. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's something that I felt both coaches, I mean, you and I have had many conversations about that, but the both coaches that I worked with personally, one-on-one, -on -one, they, 
it's it was such an important part of the process to understand, of course, what's your goal, but who are you? What do you do on a daily basis? You know, you talked about meat, you know, our non-exercise activity. And do you have grandkids? Do you, you know, do you have a dog? Maybe you walk your dog three times a day, like all these other things that are a part of our life that you can incorporate into your habits, which not only maximize results, but allow you to maintain that programming long after the quote unquote diet or, or goal has been achieved. Yes, that is so good. I, I love how you keep the client, the person inside of their schedule and their lifestyle rather than trying to pull them out into something that's completely new, but rather what you do that's, a, that's so different and effective is that you help people find success through overcoming challenges within their own daily schedule and lifestyle, right? That's that's the key, right? As soon as right. you take someone out of their normal lifestyle, you give them a, a foreign plan, they learn it, they may see results, but as soon as they go back to their life, yes. they have learned nothing and yes. they don't understand how to, I mean, no one would understand right. how to maintain results that they've achieved. Yeah, I think that's that's such a disservice that people have experienced just in the past with dieting and specifically, is that not sustainable and the mentality going into it is that I'm going to go hardcore. I've had clients say that I'm going to go hardcore coach for like six weeks. Um, and to the point where you have completely separated yourself from normal activities, from normal food, from things that you would just typically do on a weekly, daily weekend basis. And that has, as you know, it backfires. And there is no possible way to maintain that because it's such a contrast to what we're normally used to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, Derek, like as a coach, how, how do you handle those conversations? Because everyone's, especially with the new, the new year coming up, right. And they're excited to do something really hard, really extreme. Like, how would you, how do you handle those conversations to you encourage that action, um, but not diffuse their motivation to keep going, but also, but also to encourage them to do more of a lifestyle approach with habits and fat loss. I mean, you hit, you hit it like lifestyle. That's, that's a word we use all the time. And honestly, the first thing I usually tell clients is patience, trust me and have a little bit of patience because we've all done the, you know, kamikaze style weight loss. I'm going to drop weight fast. And like you said, almost anybody can lose weight. There's a million ways we can lose weight, but you lose it fast because you've gone like off, gone bonkers trying to figure out how to do this. You can't maintain it. And so I always say mindset is patience and trust. Do you trust me? Yes. Will you be patient enough to do these things at a gradual pace so that it becomes integrated as a habit? If it's some, if you're, if right off the get go, you think I, there's no way I can do this in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months, that I don't want you to do it, which is why I have encouraged clients not to do certain trendy, extreme methods of either working out or dieting. Because, like, are you going to be able to do this in three months? If the answer is no, I don't even want you to go for it now. Now, that's not to say that there will not be phases during this time that you are more diligent with your tracking, that you do say no to a dessert or you are very you know, intentional with getting your grams of protein and your carbs and so on and so forth. That's always a part of the process. What I'm saying is that if you feel like you have to go to extremes to get to your goal, 
To me, that is not the approach that's going to work for you long-term. And it's always about long-term. It's always about connecting the dots between my physical body, my mental body, my relationships, my day-to-day, my lifestyle. So it's all cohesive because that allows me to move through it as the person I want to be without sacrificing social life, sanity, (laughs) my mood, my relationships, because we've all, again, we've all been there. We've all done that. It doesn't work. And like you mentioned, you know, a bit ago, when people cut out carbs, they're, you're angry, (laughs) you're, you're, you're hungry. And you try to get back to like that homeostasis as soon as you can. Well, I don't want you to lose that in the process. So it takes a little bit more time, but it stays and it's all connected up here because you understand why you're doing it and you understand how all the dots connect versus just kind of piecemealing things together because you think it's supposed to work for you. Yes, I love how you said how extreme, like extreme approaches aren't, of course, sustainable. Because I think a lot of people think that, like, hey, I'm just, I'm gonna do this diet, I'm gonna lose this 30 pounds, and then I'll be done with it. But like, like you said, this is like, it's a part of life. We have to manage our nutrition, and when we do it in a way that we can maintain what we manage, we're maintaining results along the way. Versus, we can't maintain something super extreme. Right. Maybe for a short period of time. Sure. But this is a lifetime that we that we live with our body and that we eat food and we have to maintain these habits. So it's 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 uh, very realistic to understand this as a process of life rather than one thing you do and just check off. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Can you dive in a little bit to. Menopause. So we've talked about habit-based approach. We've talked about the diet after the diet, which is actually the most important phase because that's what allows you to maintain the goals and the fat loss that you've achieved. We talked about the importance of carbohydrate, the importance of protein, that it actually doesn't need to be that one gram per pound of body weight, which I love that you said that. I know my, my ladies are going to be very happy to hear that as well. Um, and then of course hormones, we've talked about those a little bit as well, which is directly related to how there's a big hormone shift when it comes to menopause. So can you just share a little bit about what you've seen for the women that are in the, that pre-menopause or perimenopause, menopause and postmenopausal state, and even maybe some guidance on how we can move through those with a little bit more um, education, but also patience and grace for our, ourselves. <laughs> I would I would say that the first thing is is just to bring awareness that hormones do change throughout menopause and it's not the actual hormones that cause weight gain it's the symptoms and side effects from those changes that affect our motivation to work out affect our energy ah. to fatigue right it affects our um you know we get you know for example cortisol levels increase, we get fatigue, lack of motivation, we get tired very easily. So it's important to be aware that, hey, do not accept that just because you're going through this phase that you're going to gain weight. Like, don't accept that because if you accept that, it's going to happen. You have control of your body. Right. Complete control. And we just have to be aware of what hormones are changing and why and how to manage those symptoms. For example, like we know that thyroid decreases, we know that cortisol levels increase. There's a change in sex hormones too, and there's gonna be days when you're really tired. You don't want to get out of bed. Maybe you're really sad. So understanding like how to create again. This goes back to habits, which is why it's so important to nail this down before that happens, right? Because once you get the habits nailed down before this time, going throughout menopause and losing body fat will be a breeze. But if you don't, okay. you think that okay. there's something wrong with me. 
And the reason why I'm not losing weight is because my hormones. And as soon as you say that, and I believe there's a lot of, there's a lot of power to the words we say. If we, if we voice that and we accept that, then we become victims of our circumstance. And that is the last thing that we need to do if we want to have success throughout fat loss, throughout menopause, et cetera. Absolutely. I love that you said that's why habits are so important. And that's, that's why I love habits. just outside of like fitness and health and fat loss habits. Like I'm a habit transformation coach. That's, that's what I coach is habits. And it to me is directly related to your quality of life. I agree that if people can master their habits now, as they're moving through these different phases of menopause, it makes it easier. So when it comes to the habits that you coach or your habit-based approach, can you share what you think are the top, maybe one or two habits that have been the most beneficial for your clients, or at least for anybody that's listening to, to today's message? Yeah, I would say it's very, very important to understand understand and to bring awareness to your dieting duration, right? Because dieting duration, like if one thing I've learned, Derek, is that the longer someone diets, especially at a very low calorie level, the lower their metabolic rate becomes and the higher their cortisol levels become. And that's twofold. Number one, it's it's hard to lose weight. It's hard to keep it off. And so it's very important to understand like where your body's at throughout this very um, unique phenomenon because you don't want to be dieting very hard and very long because these symptoms and side effects will just manifest and just get greater. Will be it'll get they'll get so um so high that you actually may see reverse effects of your progress because you're like, man, I'm not seeing progress and putting in all this work. Uh, and your metabolism is so slow this time that it's and you and you still want to lose so much weight that you think the only way to get through this is to keep going. But sometimes the best way to, the best way to make progress is to stop and to increase, uh-huh. give your body rest, like rest. Like, I'll be honest with you. Two things I learned about women in their fifties and sixties and seventies. And we work with women, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies is number, number one, these women are so determined to lose all their weight in one fat loss phase. And, and we typically, so a fat loss phase for us is three to four months. Right. We don't do eight months fat loss. That's just not healthy, right? And so women who have a hard time stopping dieting, they have a hard time losing weight and keeping it off. And also women who've been in their 40s and 50s and 60s, we know too that losing weight may be more difficult for them because of their past history of you know chronic dieting, especially with fad diets, extreme diets. So their metabolism going into menopause has already slowed so much that seeing more weight loss throughout a time that's more troubling is even more difficult. So that's why I preach with the phasic dieting system, knowing when to diet, when to increase calories, when to get into maintenance, when to go into intuitive because managing your hormones and your symptoms all rely within your self-control of where your calories are at and where you're expending your energy. Yes. You know, like you said, optimal, like fat loss phase, three to four months. I mean, I think there's a lot of women that are watching this and I know I could talk to my high school, college friends and say, we've been dieting for 40 years. Like it's, it hasn't stopped, you know? Um, And of course you, if you have an event or you go through these phases where, you know, you get, you know, really intense or hardcore, but I think there's, there's such a conversation, which it's heartbreaking and also an opportunity in our field that if I could lose that extra five to 10 pounds, that five to 10 pounds, it's always there. This, this, I need just a little bit more, 
but not necessarily focusing on the habit-based approach of getting to a place that allows you to maintain a loss where you can still have high energy, still do your workouts, still enjoy life and have the cake on the birthday if you want to and not negatively impact your success to that point. And I think that there's, there's again, a, an education void of how do we get out of this chronic, I need to lose, I'll gain, I need to lose again, I need to gain versus going into this with an education base three to four months solid. I hit that goal. I go into a maintenance phase. Maybe I didn't hit my full fat loss goal, like you said, in one phase, but then I go into a maintenance phase. And then once my body is ready to go again, then I go again to another three to four phase, three to four month phase. I think there's a lot of confusion around that. And that women, a lot of women that I know and work with have been try, have tried to be in a deficit for so long that they don't even know where to start. Right like two days on 15 days off three days on two days off one day on four days off. It's, it's such a yo-yo. And so what would you recommend for, for a starting point? And you alluded to this a bit ago about just pick that number that like your body weight times 10, like if you could start there, that would be a good starting point. But if, if someone's watching this and they're like, I'm always dieting, I've been dieting since I was, you know, 12 years old, what's a great way to just say, okay, take a moment this is a great starting point for most of you. As far as getting to that calorie number or. It's like, I don't like, help me, help me coach. Um, I've been doing the yo-yo up and down for so long. I don't know where my thyroid is. I don't even know how hungry I am. I don't know like people that feel very disconnected from their bodies and their goals. What's a great place to say, like, just take a moment and let's begin here to get you towards a goal that you feel is aligned with how you want your body to feel and look. There's one thing that all calorie counting calculators or or calorie prediction equations, there's one thing they all lack. Uh, For example, when you put in your height, your weight, your age, how how active you are, they're going to give you a number of how many calories you need. But there's not one on this planet, at least to my knowledge, that that takes into account your past dieting history because that one thing will completely change the accuracy of your number. And so what I would like, what I would recommend is doing exactly what you said, pick a number because the first week is like a metabolic feeler week, right? We don't know how your metabolic rate is compared to this number here, but we have to track data. And like, you remember our Excel sheets, we look at your weight, look at averages and look at your calorie intake. So let's say you know, you start off at like 1800 calories and you may maintain your body weight um, in the first two weeks. Well, that tells me that, hey, your maintenance is, is probably 1800 calories, despite another calculator saying you need 1900 calories. So it's a bit different. And so start with where you're at with one number because you have to like start somewhere. And the biggest mistake, and this is like in almost an air, any area of life, if you want to get if you want to see progress in something, you have to start and be consistent and collecting data. Like we can't, we can't, we, we can't manage what we don't measure. And so that piece there is key to knowing how to make changes throughout that first journey to see progress. Ah, oh, I love that. And you're right. I have never, I mean, in an equation, never seen, that's never a question, your past dieting um, history. And it's rarely brought into the conversation because it's just, let's do this now. 
Yeah. That's why so many women when in our group, when we say, Hey, use this calorie counting equation and tell me how many calories it calories it gives you to lose weight. So many women say, Wow, give me 1700 calories. There's no way I can eat that and lose weight. I'm eating 1200 calories right now, or I'm eating 1500. Like I'll gain weight. And so that tells me right away. I mean, obviously that doesn't take into account hormonal changes, but it, it tells me that these women maybe have been dieting for quite some time that their metabolism has decreased to a level where they naturally need fewer calories. Right. Absolutely. Oh, and this is, I mean, again, this is so on point with the conversations that I have with my clients on a daily basis. I love that you said, so sometimes the best way to make progress is to stop. That's such a reminder that it's not always go, 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 that it's not always just keep doing, keep doing, keep pushing, that there's opportunity. Um, I always say there's 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 power in the pause because it, it gives us opportunity to reflect, like just take a moment. How do you feel? How, you know, how is your energy? How is your outlook? How are your relationships? And yes. there's a lot of information that formulas can't tell you because we are a human with emotions, with a head, with a brain, um, with, with a soul and something that, again, that I think stands out that you do and, and tandem nutrition does is this habit-based approach that takes the person into account, not just how much do you weigh, how much now, and how much do you want to weigh? And so I appreciate that the, um, thoroughness, if you will, of that approach. If I can say one thing, you, you said the power of the pause that brought an image to my mind and to maybe make this more real for, uh, and, and beneficial for people to hear. It's, it's kind of like, let's say when you start your fat loss journey, you're, and let's say like, um, this is analogous to you going on a vacation very, very far away, right? You're in this car, your gas tank is full, you get halfway, guess what? Your gas tank is empty. That's just like when you're dieting down, right? Like you start a you start a fat loss phase, you're 12 weeks in, or you're like maybe 12 hours in, you have to take a break. Maybe you need more gas, air up your tires. That's exactly what it is. Maybe hey. re revamp your engine, like, but absolutely put gas in your car because you can't keep going with no gas in your car. If you try to, your, your engine will break. And when it breaks and that, that means like your metabolism or hormones will continue to, to down spiral in a level where it's really hard to recover from. It's that power in the pause and taking a break, taking a pit stop that'll help you go further and farther and faster than if you had not taken that stop in the first place. Oh, a hundred percent. This is awesome. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you so much for oh, goodness. sharing your expertise um, and for being so willing to, to kind of adapt to whatever the kind of um, the questions that have been shared with me from the Fierce Tribe. This I know is going to be beneficial, not only now, but for a long time coming and for, for friends. You know, I know that when people hear this and, and get the information, they'll want to share it. So what's the best place if people have specific questions for you? What's the best place for them to connect with you or your team for questions, maybe information about how to even look into one of these phases where they could work with you? 
Yeah. So you can connect with me on Instagram at Tandem Nutrition. That's T-A-N-D-E-M Nutrition. We also have a podcast called the Tandem Talk Show, and I go over phasic dieting and fat loss for women over there as well. And um, yeah, we'd love to answer any questions. And uh, any any friend of Derek's is a friend of mine, and I'm just honored to be on this po- this podcast, this this interview today. And it's, it's, it's always great. Sure. <laughs> I, I want to have you on my podcast next. Know that with your mindset and your knowledge, your experience that you can impact and help our audience as well. So um, I will definitely be contacting you soon to hopefully get that scheduled. Oh, I would love to a hundred percent. And I know many of my clients have seen your Instagram stories and posts because I just share them on my stories. So they've seen a lot of them and something that um, Garrett does and Tandem Nutrition does that a lot of other people don't is he's given all the information that he knows he's given it away. He just shares it because he wants to help. And now does that mean that you can do it? You still got to do the work, but if you need the guidance, he's there to guide you. But even just following you, I've learned so much and have shared that information with my clients and it's been, it's, it's invaluable. And, um, I just, I'm so grateful that we have a friendship, um, and that we're able to share professionally as well. This has been, um, soul filling and, And uh, definitely increases my knowledge so that I know I can lead from a better place. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure today. Thank you so much for having me on and for just being such a positive light and, uh, you know, in our fitness community. And I love the fact that you just spread positive and practical tips and experiences to help women lose body fat in a healthy way. I think we need more people like you doing that. So thank you so much for this opportunity. And I look forward to having you on our podcast soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dareth. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Tandem Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.